Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Spurs cast. Well, I mean, it's it's like a it gets to like a hundred and five at nine a.m. Uh huh. And, and I, I just don't. Why is that what you guys go through in San Antonio? Yeah, it's like a hundred degrees. Oh, you just say it's so casual, yeah? Well, it's like a hundred degrees. Well, because <laughs> I'm like a real man, you know, I don't complain about the weather. <laughs> oh, that's kind of the, that's. Uh... You probably make your own own orange juice just by squeezing it like that. You don't. Buy that sissy stuff at the store? No, actually, I don't even squeeze it. I just pop the straw straight into the side of the orange. <laughs> pulping everything. This, right. this is a man right straight here. Straight pulping, dog. Congratulations, you have arrived at episode 452 of the Spurs cast, the original San Antonio Spurs radio show and podcast, brought to you, of course, by ProjectSpurs.com. I am your host, Ryan McCallum. I am here with your hero, Mr. Jose Grijalva. Jose, how you doing, man? Oh, it's hot. It's yeah. I, I had to turn off all the fans. It's summer, man. You had to turn them Be- off. Turn well, the yeah, because I mean they make a lot of noise. I have a little electric fan, like the it's a heater slash cool like a fan. Uh-huh. So I mean I have that fan on. I have my ceiling fan on. I have another fan on, and then I have the cooler on. Nice. Well, and I had to turn them all off because then you complain about the noise. Oh, that's right. oh yeah. So you're in the hot box now. Well. Uh, we are joined to keep everything a little bit cooler is Mr. Ben Bornstein. We're joined with this guy today. Jo- uh, ben, how you doing, man? I'm great. I have centralized air conditioning, so I'm doing pretty great. Uh, without oh, the noise. Number, Mr. Number 1% up there. I know. He's so rich, this guy. <laughs> yeah, living in an apartment with a roommate. You got me. Bornstein's so rich. Um, so, so, Jose, when we called you, you were in bed. I want everyone to know that I called you at 4.30. What, why are you in bed at 4.30? Big day at the gym? Because it's hot. I, I just, like, yeah, soak in my – yeah, I just, like, throw myself on my bed waiting <laughs> for you to call. <laughs> Looking at your Tiger Beat magazine? Actually, Eating Healthy sent me a <laughs> magazine. So I don't know if that's a – if they're trying to say something, but – I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it is uh, the first day of summer. Uh, I think we should all get excited about that. Whoa. Okay, great. Thanks, for, thanks for laying out on me, Jose. Uh, so, oh, well, yeah, I, I, it's been summer here for the past week. We've been hitting like show. 100 at 10 a.m. Don't talk to me about summer. I've been living it. What a at least I'm losing the water shows, weight. Man. Oh, yeah, sweating it all out. But, you know, I'm the guy that, you know, it's boiling up in here, and I still walk to the gym in my sweats, in a hoodie, just like a sweat at 100 degrees. We got that sounds like a lot of things. laundry that needs to get done. Uh, I just use Febreze. I don't. I don't mess with that. Just Febreze and hang it up again. Yeah. 
Why not? Oh, I would feel so like. bad. I'd feel so dirty. So at Actually, one of the live shows, stay it. away from Jose at a live show because that shirt's been worn about three times. That, sh- that shirt probably stands on its own. You know what? No, I, I'll go <laughs> back. It's not Febreze. It's that it's really good stuff from Dollar Tree. I ordered a box of those because that's the only way you can order online. And, I mean, it, it smells good, it, and it works. I mean, people still talk to me after wearing the same stuff. <laughs> okay. This is uh, this is there's a lot of omissions here. Uh, and it, so we should probably just move on because we've got we have a lot of uh, basketball talk uh, here today, of course, a uh, little bit of it involving the Spurs, a lot of it, obviously, with the NBA. But we'll start off with the story that probably not a lot of people care about unless you're a fan of the what used to be called the D leagues, now the G League, uh, with a very cool logo, but a very confusing title to the to the league. It's uh, the G League because the NBA Development League has now formed a partnership with Gatorade. Uh, so I guess now it's the Gatorade League. Uh, Spurs announced that they're – who are they pulling over from um, Europe? Is it Europe? They're pulling over somebody else to coach Summer League, and uh, they have the same guy, I think, running the – the G League. Now, this is very confusing. Ken McDonald running the G League. Some of those G League players, I'm sure, will be at the Summer League. That's the whole tie to the story. Does anybody care? I, I Are you talking about Manny Ginobili's brother? No. Is that his brother? Okay. No. They're, He's going to be an assistant coach. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shoot. What's his name? Okay, well, you got Seppo? some news. He goes by know. Seppo, right? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Friend of the show. Well, tell tell me more. <laughs> Friend of the show. Tell me more, Ben. With the the big brain on Ben, knows all the stories. Well, well I, I I believe they got him in hopes of convincing Manu Ginobili to stay another year. I'm like, oh well, you get to go through your last year with your bro, so your literal bro. So that's cool, right? That's a thing. That's well, that's that's something Manu can get excited about, right? I guess, but man, how does that suck to be the brother? Just to say, the only reason you're on here. Uh, it's not because of your coaching ability. It's because we want your brother to stay. Well, I'm I'm sure that's not how they sold it, but sure. Are you sure? I... <laughs> well, now I can't be. Now I'm second-guessing everything. Th- th- that's no reason to get excited, though. I mean, at 40, I'm at 30 right now, I get excited for how much fiber is in my cereal, how much protein <laughs> I get, you know, all that. Uh, chilling with their family is not something you get excited about. You want to stay far away from him at 40. But I'm sure Manu can still go. I mean, you saw him in the playoffs. He was the guy mm-hmm. uh, with Kawhi out. So I, I think, you know, another year, maybe bring some home cooking with Seppo. Yeah. And that could be a, a podcast, you know, home Manu cooking, and Seppo. Cooking. What are they going to oh, do geez. today, you know? I'm think... cooking with Seppo and Manu. <laughs> I definitely think that, that Manu could go another year. Uh at the end of the season, as you pointed out, at the end of the, the Western Conference Finals, which was uh, you know only four games, as you pointed out, Manu was the guy. Uh, he had that spark. He had a lot of energy. Uh, he left it all out there. I think he can come back, certainly for another year. It's all about managing minutes, and Popovich does that really better than anybody else. So there is really no reason to think that Manu couldn't come back. Uh, we're always betting against him playing such uh, a meaningful role, yet every year he kind of plays that same consistent role for San Antonio, and I think there will always be a spot for that. And certainly if he wants to come back, of course he's going to come back. Spurs will never you know, distance themselves in any, any way. I mean, Manu's got a spot on the roster if he wants it, and I, and I bet he wants it. Why, why not? Yeah, as long as, they can, as long as they can restructure the contract or make it more team-friendly, I don't see why not. Vet minimum. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, th th that's really, for me, the only uh, logical option. I mean, he loves playing. The, the fact that they had to overpay him because he was going to go to the Sixers, right? How much did they pay him? Like $15 million? $14 million. He, 14. I, Sixers you know, are dumb, by the way, just saying. You know, if I'm the Spurs, I sort of say, you know, you kind of got more than you were supposed to get. So come for cheap this season. You know, you basically got paid for two seasons. <laughs> yeah. At this that's, stage, that's it's fair. fair, for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's fair to us sitting around our <laughs> one-bedroom apartments talking on the computer. It's fair. Uh, when it's that amount of money and you're Manu, that's, uh, you know, I, I don't know I how easily. I bet he has two ACs that. in his house. Rich, <laughs> there He's it rich. is. Um, so it's the eve of the draft. Uh, we'll do a draft podcast, probably just the post-reactions, talk about who was first picked up, that kind of thing. Um, but heading into the draft, that's I don't remember – another season that there's been this much interest in, uh, you know, trades leading up to draft day, free agent acquisitions that are potentials. Uh, th this offseason is already more exciting than the NBA playoffs. Do you guys agree? Uh, yes, 100%. Yeah, you've got the news breaking, of course, about uh, – we'll talk about Pau Gasol and uh, him opting out and then, you know, the risk that he took by opting out or, or will take by opting out. But you've got stories just kind of – up and down uh, throughout the NBA, and that's what we're going to spend the balance of, of this show talking about. Uh, guys, I want to start with the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, just so we could get through this and, and move on. That organization, despite going to the NBA Finals, of course getting swept, I, I look at that organization and say they're in complete turmoil at, at this point. They just let go of their GM in a real BS way, too, right? Like riding it out um, and no, you know, trying to lowball on money, and then you, you get rid of them, right? I, I wonder what they're going to do when you know other teams uh, – well, I guess nothing now, but if other teams had engaged them with interest. Uh, I hear report, or heard reports that he wasn't allowed to interview with other teams. Um, very, stra very strange what they did to, uh, to David Griffin there, but, of course, there's speculation that he'll get picked up pretty quick. I don't know how good of a GM he is. I don't know how bad he is. I know when you got LeBron, it's pretty easy to convince guys to come over and play with him. Um, so, yeah, so I'm not sure how great he is, but that, that's a, a thing where LeBron's uh, tweeting out that he wasn't consulted on that move. I'm not sure. I mean, Jose, do you feel like LeBron needs to be consulted on every move that the Cavaliers make? Absolutely. Uh, I think okay. he needs to be not consulted, but told what, what's going to happen and maybe go off of his feedback. Uh, but this isn't just a regular guy. It's it's the great LeBron James, right? LeBron he he James. promised them a champ. Right. He promised them a championship. He gave them a championship. The least you can do at this stage of his career is say this is what we want to do. If he didn't like the firing, I mean, you got to remember he's he's going to be a free agent after One next season. Yeah, yeah. It, this uh, I I think it was former uh, Spurs cast host Aaron Prine who said this could be his out. You know, this could be his reason to just say, well, you know, forget this uh, because he was close to him to Griffin. Uh, so I would just consult with him, not necessarily do what he says, but at least have him be part of that circle so he doesn't feel left out. Because there's going to be a franchise if he leaves if he leaves Cleveland again. He's not going to return if he leaves Cle Cleveland again, obviously. But there's going to be another franchise that's going to say, hey, we're going to treat you better than that. We're going to keep you in the loop. I mean, the Spurs uh, are a model organization for that. you got to believe that uh, – we uh, that they were kept in the loop about everything that happens. It's not like Tim Duncan was got uh, caught off guard with any of the moves or what they were interested in doing. Freudian so slip there, by the way, you said Tim Duncan uh, is God. Oh uh, no, I didn't. That's not a Did slip. I? Did I? That's, uh, that's an accurate it's, statement. It's the vapors, sir. Um, but 
Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they what was that accent? <laughs> I don't way. know. I try to do like a Blanche Devereaux from the Golden Girls. Oh type my of god! Thing. You could have gone any other cheesecake. way. Uh, see, I thought you were. Gonna, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I thought you were going to go the other way uh, with that and say that LeBron needs to be not just consulted, but needs to be making those decisions. And in my book, Le- LeBron's the best player in the NBA. Where he goes, they're immediate contenders. The guy's got one year left on his deal. There's already been rumors. I mean, clearly, once he got the championship, you know, he delivered on it, as you said. Why would he stay there? I think if you're the Cavaliers, you have to you have to put LeBron James at the center of everything you do, and he's got to be, you know, the quote unquote decision maker. Even if you lead him towards a decision, he's got to be the decision maker on everything you do. Like, why would you go against LeBron James? He has so much power. He got a coach fired. He got his buddy installed there. He has all of his friends on the payroll. They all got awesome deals uh, because he, you know, quote unquote, negotiated their deals for them. I mean, there's well, James Jones for on what the damn roster. That guy hasn't worth, played in a decade. LeBron James and Tristan Thompson share the same agent as well. That's one reason Tristan Thompson got mega paid too. Right. Same with me and Jose. Uh, <laughs> nice. Um, the, you. My thing is, you don't need to tell LeBron everything that's going on you need you need to get his input and you need to take his input seriously on major decisions you need to make him feel like even if he isn't making the decision you should make him feel like he's making the decision yeah right but i'm with the yeah so but like you you don't need to consult him about random you know uh g league pickups in the middle of the week he doesn't care about that yeah no doubt no doubt Jeez, but wait, uh, way to, to tie yeah, the story. I, this is this oddly bookended this season. This yes, here. I, I had to uh, I had to plug the G League one time because I'm really waiting on all of the puns to emerge for that. A lot of G unit and fifty cent jokes are coming. Be prepared. Now you're just trying um, too hard. No, well, I'm I'm letting you know that they're coming from someone. <laughs> maybe not me. Maybe me. We don't know. Maybe anybody. But else. they're coming. Um, but the and it's exactly like Aaron Prine said. It's it God, why do you guys keep bringing out. up Aaron Prine? He had a great tweet. He's I'm the second gonna, best gonna... Spurs cast host ever. The second. Why don't oh you tweet no more than stuff that. like that? We could put you over. Yeah, if yeah, you tweeted stuff like that, we'd we'd say, "Oh, look at Ryan's tweet." I mean, we're spending half the show with the still living ghost of Aaron Prine. <laughs> yeah, guys. I'm, Regard I'm... regardless. He that he if he does go to L.A. in 2018 and they pick up Paul George, which is a real possibility now, mm-hmm. uh, that the Lakers automatically become a mega team. LeBron can no longer argue that he wasn't on a super team, and people will point back to the Cavs firing David Griffin as the very reason because David Griffin was the guy who said let's hire Tyron Lue as the head coach. Mm-hmm. Well, well, actually, what he said was let's hire Tyron Lue as the second as the assistant you know, coach after Dan Gilbert decided David Blatt was the guy because he knew Blatt wasn't going to work out. So David Griffin was the one who made that choice. So let's not forget that David Griffin has basically been LeBron's dude. He's been looking out for LeBron the entire three years. He was there. He went out, he got in pieces like Kyle Korver, J.R. Smith, Iman Shumpert, Kevin Love. Okay. He's not a bum. He's not just some dude who's riding LeBron's coattails. He, gave LeBron the team he needed to compete. And people are people are overlooking that. And it's not fair to him 
And it's certainly letting Dan Gilbert get away with too much because now he's going to hit us with another letter in Comic Sans next year when LeBron decides he's going to go to L.A. and he's going to write another nasty letter and jerseys are going to burn and other nasty things are going to happen. Why would he? Why would you get rid of your GM before the draft? I mean, I'm talking tomorrow, Thursday, probably when this podcast goes up, it'll be draft day. Why would you get rid of your GM right before the draft with all these deals that are to be made? I mean, there's a lot of rumors out there of people that are – they're available. People, you know, people are talking about offers. Why would uh, or potential offers? Why would you get rid of a guy right beforehand? That just seems crazy to me. Like at least let the guy do the job through the draft, unless you just think that he's totally incompetent, which we're indicating we don't believe that's the case with David Griffin. Exactly. It's it makes none of what the Cavs do make sense. That's the problem. They they operate in a completely irrational and illogical manner mm-hmm. well you brought up you brought up paul george and i want to spend a little bit of time he's one of the people here on our list he's number five on the list for us to talk about paul george informs indiana that he's gone after next year uh after 2018 uh which i don't know how you guys feel about that i actually like the idea that you're going to pre-notify the team that you're out makes your last year kind of sucky but it, at least you're get, you know you're doing right by a team as long as you didn't go public with it, as long as it kind of leaked out there, then that's, I think that's okay. I think it's a pretty shady uh, thing to do if you said, hey, I'm out of here in, in, two, or in a year. I like the fact that, um, that he did that and notified the team. But he's rumored to go anywhere, right? I mean, now we're talking about him possibly in Cleveland for one year, which would be the last – his last – if he went to Cleveland, it would be his last year. It would be LeBron's last year on their current deals if Cleveland could trade for Paul George now. Of course, he's always – in the mix to go over to Los Angeles, the Lakers, that is, uh, because that's his hometown team. That's where he stated that he wants to be. It's an interesting position for Paul George to be in because he does he go to L.A. where he wants to be, or, Jose, does he go to Cleveland where he has a shot at winning something as long as LeBron's there? It's a, I mean, that's a very sticky situation. If I were him, I, I, I think he, like you said, I think he did right by leaking it. I, I, I think it was the Pacers that probably leaked it. I think it's the Pacers, but, yeah. I don't think he did it. No, hold on. Why would the Pacers leak that? They, if they leak that, they lose all sorts of, they lose all of their leverage to possibly make a trade with the team to get rid of Paul George and get something in return rather than lose him outright next season. That would be incredibly dumb for the Pacers to have leaked that. That they they then no everybody's going to lowball them on trades mm-hmm. and nobody's going to want to trade with them. Well, I'm just saying somebody in the that. Pacers organization. I, I agree. I don't think like the GM of the Pacers said, "Hey, this, this is what this guy just told me." I think somebody in the organization. I, I can't see how somebody if you're going to do the solid with going to tell your team, "Hey, I'm out of here in a year." I think that you're intelligent enough not to also then go throw that on Twitter ahead of the news coming out already. I think somebody else probably probably leaked it. No, I I, I think it was brilliant for them to leak it because if the, if you don't leak it and you put him on the trading block or you try to trade him, they're going to be very fishy about it. Why are they doing this? You know, is he becoming a cancer in the locker room? I mean, he just he basically just told them like, you know, I'm going to leave next season get somebody for me or get something for me. Right. I think the teams are still going to lowball him because he's going to be a free agent. But now it's sort of like, okay, he wants to go to the Lakers. Uh, you know, he, he probably, he's probably going to want to go play with LeBron. We can rent him out for a year mm-hmm. uh, and maybe try to convince him to stay. 
I, I think the Spurs are, for just an ex- as an example, I think they're in a prime position to trade for him. He might like to play next to Kawhi Leonard. He might stay. If not, then he's off the books. And, you know, you're still going to have to match the contract. So right. uh, I, I really don't see, a, see it as a problem. Their wings would be crazy good. And, I mean, you got. I don't know what you do about – I mean, Paul George has played the four, which was a failure. Begrudgingly. Yeah, but, I mean, your wing play, your wing defense – I don't know how you find a spot for Danny Green unless you put Paul George at the four if he was with San Antonio. But if you, if you were able to put those three dudes on the court, the the wing defense is crazy good. Uh, and, you know, to be honest with you, nobody plays an actual position anymore, right? Except maybe like a power or a Marcus. But everybody else is kind of fluid. And that's sort of the way the NBA goes, too. So I think it's just you acquire the best players, like you're saying, Jose. Yeah. All right, good talk, guys. I hate this show. I I I just don't. I I'm I'm against everything that was just said. I just I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just can't get over it. I can't. I think you guys are the first two people I've seen that said it's a good thing for the Pacers that this leaked. Well, because it may. It's just they. If they pe- people are gonna if you're if they're trying to trade Paul. Paul George, before this news breaks, you don't know why they're trading him. No one, first of all, no one is going to assume he's a cancer in the locker room. Everybody loves Paul George. People are going to assume that he might be leaving, but they're not really sure. And the Pacers would still have a chance at getting some assets in return for him. But like the Lakers, they're not going to bother trying to trade with them because they, they said, oh, well, he, he's, he's, think about coming to us he's said in the past that he likes us so we'll just wait it out and we'll get him we'll just sign him outright what you know why would they why would they make a trade and why would cleveland make a trade for a year rental when they would have to sell the farm in order to get him well but the they're, farm, they're not the gonna sucks, they're not gonna though, right like do, do well, they really no, they're have... not they're not gonna be able to just they're not gonna be able to pair kevin love Kyrie irving lebron james and cut uh other, you know, all those, all four of them together. They're, so someone's going to have to go. Kevin Love or Kyrie Irving is going to have to go. Well, the it Pacers can't be Kyrie aren't Irving, saying, right? It, oh, it doesn't matter who it, I don't, it can't be. Kyrie it doesn't Irving. matter who it is. Okay, fine. But it, they're not going to say yes to basically give up Paul George and say, oh, here you go. Why don't you keep dominating the East and keep killing us? We love watching it. You know, that's not going to happen. So I just, I don't know. I just don't think. Whoever leaked it didn't was not with the Pacers, and it was I think it was someone in Paul George's camp, and Paul George was probably fine with it because now he holds all the leverage. So if you if you're Indiana, what are you looking for in a trade for Paul George? I mean, is it well, now is you're it, now now you're looking for anything decent? You're you're hoping somebody gives you a, maybe a pick or two and a decent asset in a player, but like. You know, nobody's going to want Paul George for a year, and then they pretty much know he's going elsewhere in the summer. There's there's almost no team that it makes sense to do that for. Well, let's look at, I mean, if it's if it's Cleveland. I mean, you could dump, you could get the contract, and you have enough room to sign him again because you've got a bunch of dead weight at the end of the bench, right? And to your point, the, there's only one ball, so what do you do for a scoring? Because Paul George is going to demand his, right? Would you move Kevin Love to Indiana for Paul George? 
Straight up, no, absolutely not. If I'm the Pacers, I want more than that. I need, I need at least two picks with Kevin Love. So Paul George is Kevin Love plus two picks, at least. Wow. Okay. So, so you know Kevin Love. I mean, Jose Kevin Love was a performer in the playoffs. I mean, he had a great playoff run. I mean, he went six points. At, I, I saw some stat where he was six points over his last year's playoff average. Yeah, but if he's playing with the Pacers, he's going to need to do a lot more. He's going to have to be a bigger performer. Yeah, but we've seen him do that before because he was that dude in Minnesota with those inflated stats. Yeah, inflated because he was on a bad team. The pay, if the Pacers get him, they weren't there. You know, guaranteed. Granted, they're not going to be as good as the Cavs or a lot of the East, but they're going to be much better than those Timberwolves were with him on the team. Hmm. Well, uh, I think Kevin Love in a trade for Paul George is lowballing. I think that I, yes. that's a horrible offer. But again, if the Cavs throw that out, you now right now with every organization, with the exception of probably the Spurs, everybody's in a win now mode. Right. So you know, if if they offer Kevin Love and the Pacers sort of try to bluff, you know, the league into saying, "Yeah, we'll take it," I think everybody else is going to make an offer trying to up that. So I, I there, there's going to, I mean, they're not going to get lowballed completely, but I, I think that there's going to be team stepping up and saying, you know, if we can try to win this season or if we can appease him somehow, uh, he'll stay with us. And again, that's a chance that I, I would probably take, especially, I mean, if he walks, that's camp space that you've already opened up. So it's really not that bad. Uh, you know, how would you counter a Kevin Love and two picks? Uh, how about, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge sign and trade uh, Jonathan Simmons, take him over there and give him a pick. I think that's a better situation. And I think he'd stay in San Antonio. Then you could get LeBron the next year. So if it was, I, you keep bringing it back to the Spurs, which is no fun. But if you so you took Lamar, you're saying Lamarcus signing trade Jonathan Simmons, and then your and then your first round pick. Yeah, I would That's, love that. I mean, that sounds like that would be great. I mean, you know, I'm not a Lamarcus guy. I, I'd hate to give up Jonathan Simmons in that upside, but I mean, Paul George is Paul George, right? And I think that's probably worth it. Well, from You're what, no from worse a Spurs off, point of view? For sure. You're no worse off. In that uh, are you talking about from a Pacers point of view? No, from, well, mutually. I mean, they get – the Pacers would get some, some pretty nice assets that have proven that they, they would play in small markets, right? LaMarcus play – that's all he's done is play in small markets. So Indiana would be no different than that. Um, you know, he might be able to, to be re-signed there as well, LaMarcus would. Uh, Jonathan Simmons, I'm great, you know, grateful to be in the league, and he's only his only experience is small market, and he could be a real force for Indiana, and then whatever they turn with that pick, yeah, I think that's good for the Pacers. I, to be honest, with you, I think it's it's really good for the Spurs. I, I'm wondering um, if Paul George takes over as being your primary scorer, and I think Kawhi would defer. That's interesting. I like that. I like that a whole lot. And, and I mean, think about it this way. If Paul George can play the four, mm-hmm. uh, then you have DeJounte Murray, a long defender. You have Danny Green, a long defender at the two. You have Kawhi Leonard, a long defender at the three. Paul George, a long defender at the four. They'll score 60 on the Spurs, and the Spurs will score like a 200 a game. Right. Right. You know, that's what I was saying about their, their defense would get ridiculously good. It's not just he, he's, he, is he long, uh, you know, as a, a defensive that's player. That's what I mean, she said. He's a... He, I hate this show. I'm telling you, this is the worst show ever. Just fight through it, guys. Um, he's a great defender. I don't know. So, cycling back to the Cavs, close this out. Chauncey Billups uh, is rumored to, to be in for the GM job at the Cavs. Does anybody care about that? Is that 
a good move for the Cavs. We don't know anything about Chauncey Billups as an executive. Good player, and uh, in one month we'll be seeing Chauncey Billups in the big three, Ice Cube's big three. Assuming he doesn't take the GM job. No, he. that's probably part of the contract is he's got to – you guys would have to let me stay at, and be a part of the big three. Yikes. Okay. Well, I believe he's the only person who's interviewed right now, so he is definitely looking like a heavy favorite. Uh, I would not I think, think that. I, well, if I, – I wouldn't either because he's probably going to get done dirty real quick. Right. Uh, but if he wanted, if he knows that's going to happen, he takes the job and says, all right, fine, I can live with this. I know I'm probably going to get done in by Dan Gilbert, who's a professional D bag. I'm, I'll take it. I'll do what I can with the job and I'll show other teams that I'm a good front office guy and he'll probably get another job afterwards. It'll be a stepping stone job for him. And that would be fine because he would get all the credits for all the wins. The Cavs are undoubtedly going to have and uh, pretty much not get blamed for anything bad that happens. So I think it's a win-win for him anyway. I just don't see why you would ever leave that kind of cush TV gig. I mean, you get money whipped, and there's probably some desire to be a part of a team. I hear what you're saying, Ben, I just, I, but I just don't buy it. Like, why would you be a part of LeBron's team? Because if you make a good move, LeBron gets credit. If you make a bad move, you're sacrificed for it. It seems just like a losing scenario for you. You know what I mean? No, people no, but if if a move's made over your head or a move is made where you're like, there's no way Chauncey Billups fell for this nonsense. Everyone assumes it was Dan Gilbert. Yeah, maybe. Nobody is no I don't I don't think anyone would assume Chauncey Billups would do anything would make any negative kind of move because he was always a smart player. And you would assume that he's going to be the same way in the front office. Mm-hmm. That would be my take on it. Okay, so how about um, the rumors that the Clippers are listening to opportunities for DeAndre Jordan? I hope he goes to Dallas so hard. Yeah, wouldn't that be funny? Uh, is that is that a potential? I mean, that you've heard? No, I just saw someone else say that, and I was like, yes, I want this now. Well, what do you think, Jose? I mean, what does that do to the West if DeAndre Jordan's no longer a Clipper? Oh, I, it's because I, I was trying to plug in my um, power adapter to the computer, and I try to do it with oh. one hand. Um, I see it, you know, I, I think that's writing on the wall. I mean, why would they want to trade DeAndre Jordan if they think Chris Paul might come back? I think they know Chris Paul's going to leave. Uh, San Antonio is one of the heavy favorites. I uh, Apparently, Houston is a heavy favorite for Chris Paul. I don't see that working, by the way. You, I don't know if we're going to talk about that uh, because James Harden cannot play with a pass-first point guard. Anyways. Uh, he I played think, as point guard this year, and he was great. Oh, yeah, but I mean, now Paul would have to have the ball the majority of the time. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, but for the West overall – uh, I only see him going to the East. I'd love for him to go to Dallas because that would be sort of like a deja vu type of thing, right? Uh, but honestly, I could see him going to the Cavs. I know you, you, we're talking about mm. Jimmy Butler going to the Cavs. We're talking about Paul George going to the Cavs. I think that they need that rim protector. Kevin Love is not it. Tristan Thompson is way overpaid and over his head. Uh, as that Channing Fry is just a three-point specialist. Mm-hmm. I think uh, DeAndre fits there. I think for the West, it doesn't matter because the Clippers were not going to win a championship anyways if they stayed the way they are, and they never were beforehand. 
So I don't think it does anything to the West. Somebody gets bumped up in the playoffs, obviously, but other than that, it means nothing. Yeah, yeah I see him as an Eastern Conference player. I'm not sure that he uh, he would end up in the Cavs, although that's that's certainly interesting. I think he they he, don't have the money to sign him. They just yeah, don't. Yeah, I th- I think he would he would end up. I mean, if they figured that piece out, I still don't I still don't like him there. I I think that he ends up uh, in one of the, the New York teams. I mean, that's just when I looked at him, I thought, <laughs> man, he's either going to go off to obscurity with the Knicks, um, and then of course what the Nets just did today uh, by moving Brook Lopez. I I could see him, you know playing there in Brooklyn. Um, but you're right. That, I mean, with that, actually, that would be that, – that sounds pretty good, actually. They they need someone like that now. That's not do. a bad idea. Yeah, I think it, I think it makes sense. Um, I mean, they need I have, everything. I have no but, idea what the Clippers can get from the from the Nets, but if they can get something decent, it's probably worth it. Yeah, Brooklyn Wait, needs you, everything. You, know? you, you said Brooklyn with Brook Lopez, right? Him next to Brook Lopez? No, Brook Lopez No, Brook Lopez gone. just got traded. Just got oh, traded. yeah. I heard his name, so – yeah. I got confused. Thanks for listening to the show, man. You're um, welcome. <laughs> you know, but they've got so so they'll have D'Angelo Russell up there in Brooklyn, and they would have DeAndre Jordan in that scenario. Um, that's I mean that's not bad to build around for a little bit of time. I mean, like we're not sitting here thinking that Brooklyn's going to be competitive anytime soon, but it is a way for LA to to lose some of their cash or lose lose uh, some of their their bigger contracts if Chris Paul's gone as well. Um, you, you might just do a total rebuild uh, from there, and I don't think you build around um, what's his name, Why can't Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin, yeah. Just I don't think you build around him. You try to dump him too, and just do a total rebuild. I mean, it's not working out. I, I, I I'm with you guys. I think it's right in on the wall, uh, and and I would not be shocked if DeAndre is the first shoe to fall, uh, and then Chris Paul, of course, right behind that, and then Blake goes wherever you know wherever he fits in, whoever will absorb. So- to Boston. I, I was going to say, so a dog gets canned, right? But, you know, I was looking at Kevin Love's uh, salary and DeAndre Jordan's salary. You could just trade trade them both straight up. I think that would be interesting if you keep Blake Griffin. Mm. And that would stretch the floor. Kevin Love is not a bad defender, but at the same time, I, I think Doc needs the offensive weapons. His offense is too one-dimensional, even for a Chris Paul who can really do a lot of things on offense. I think that would work. I think the Cavs would. I think LeBron would stay in Cleveland if he could get a DeAndre Jordan. So that'd be one less guy you have to find on offense. Well, if you're that's what I'm saying. If you're DeAndre, if you're the the Cleveland Cavaliers, who on the Warriors, right? If they're in the finals again, who on the Warriors does DeAndre Jordan cover? It doesn't matter. He's going to hover around the paint anyway. Well, I know yeah, he but, can't play his own, but he's going to whoever whoever is guarding near. Whoever is playing near the rim that game, that's who he's going to guard. Tristan Thompson is good enough; he can guard. He he can guard Draymond if needed, and then whatever garbage big man the Warriors throw out there, DeAndre Jordan can slough off. Uh, I don't know. I got problems with that man because I think that like Draymond's too fast for Tristan Thompson. He's too fast for DeAndre Jordan. Um, it, even if you play help side defense, and you know you've got Tristan Thompson covering Draymond. Draymond's going to hit um, DeAndre's guy with that pass, and they're going to do that about ten times that game. I mean, it's going to be it, it's a pass in the paint, right? So it's going to be, and there's just problems all over that. I don't like that. Well, I mean, but but teams let 
uh, Draymond shoot. I mean, he'll make three, maybe three threes in a, you know, in every two games or something like that. But he's not a shooting threat. You could play off of him. It's just that they run all these screens in the paint. You know, that that's their inside game. They, they run Steph Curry uh, through uh, off screens under the basket, so that gets a little bit wonky on defense. But if you have Tristan Thompson and DeAndre Jordan just playing, you know, Zaza can't shoot. Play off of Zaza if he comes back. Uh, JaVel McGee can't shoot. Draymond can't really shoot. You have two bigs in the paint, and you dare him to shoot. The Warriors are going to have a difficult time uh, scoring, especially you know if if the guards just play up on uh, Steph Curry and all of them. I like it. Do it. So how about done. the rumors? And uh, apparently, it's Phil Jackson putting this out there. But how about the the fact that the New York Knicks are now listening to offers reportedly? listening to offers on Porzingis. Now, Porzingis didn't show up to his... his uh, Exit meetings. Yeah. What was that sigh? <laughs> that was a serious, like... Uh, I'm, so- I'm ready to go off on Phil Jackson in a minute. Okay. It's about to get ugly in here. Well, then you're up first because uh, we need that entertainment. But, like, why, why are they now reportedly entertaining offers for the unicorn? Because Phil Jackson is a trash GM. He is a trash front office exec. He knows how to coach teams. He does not know how to build them. He, the, it's it's crazy because Chris Stapps is saying through his brother, who's also his agent, he's saying that, yeah, I'd love to, you know, pretty much despite the way New York is treating Mello, I want to come back and play for New York. And meanwhile, his brother is saying, like, I need to get this man out of here. He doesn't know what terrible situation he's in. He doesn't fully understand. He's got the uh, he's got the abductees syndrome. I forget what it's called, but um, uh, like he's fallen in love with his. Thank you. He's got Stockholm syndrome, and he he doesn't know any better. He's in love with his captor. But uh, I if if they get rid of Porzingis, I've already heard that if they do get rid of KP before the draft somehow. They're going to look at Laurie Markkinen, and he's saying Laurie Markkinen is the next Porzingis, even though he's not as big, isn't as good a shooter, and isn't as good a defender. Mm-hmm. And, but the they say, Arizona oh, but his guy? ceiling – yeah, he's the Arizona guy. He's the seven-footer out of <laughs> Finland. Um, they People are saying, oh, well, he, you know, his ceiling's great. I was like, I don't think his ceiling is, is even higher than Porzingis's, and Zingis is – one or two years older than he is right. than Markkinen. So it's like, it's so much insanity because the Knicks are so dumb. Yeah. It's incredible how stupid Phil Jackson is playing this. It's, it's amazing to me. Captain Jose. Uh, I, I think it's strategic because uh, for, there was a source who said, you know, that they were just listening to the calls. But I, I mean, if you wanted to keep Porzingis, you don't even listen to the calls because you're not going right. to get anything in return under that under that salary that he has. So what I think Jackson is doing, uh, like Ben said, I think he thinks that he can replace Kristaps easy, you know, pretty easy through the draft, like how he did be, uh, you know, uh, when he drafted Porzingis. Uh, but the one thing I think he's going to do is, you know, OK, you can take Porzingis, but you have to take Melo. I think that's what he's aiming for because mm. he does not like Melo. He does not think Melo, you know, Melo does not want to play in the triangle. He does not like Phil Jackson. There's not a lot of teams that will take Melo by himself because then you have to really try to match the contracts. That's a big contract to match right. and too much uh, talent that you have to give up for Melo. But I think he's going to say, you know, you can take 
uh, Porzingis, but you have to take Melo, and a lot of teams will bite at that. Uh, they'll see the upside of Porzingis instead of the downside of getting, getting Melo. Uh, and I think that's pretty smart. I think that's what he's going for. So, you know, when you see a Porzingis trade, I think Melo's going to be the chaser in that trade. It doesn't matter if he's the chaser. He still has to agree to it. He has a no trade clause. I, he will, though. Yeah. I, you don't think he will? Well, let me let me throw no. this out. Like, what if, what if that destination that he was sent to was the L.A. Clippers in their specific situation where they, they think that Chris Paul is going to be gone? They need to do something with that team. You know, could you send that trio – out east and just do a swap. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, uh, I, I don't think he would say hi to that. I, I say hi. Uh, I don't think he would say yes to that trade. He'd probably say hi to it. Who's that? Phil, uh, Phil would say yes to that? And then promptly say goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because Chris, I, he would say yes if Chris Paul was there. That's but if I mean, Chris Paul's not there, there, there's no chance. Uh, I think he would say yes to maybe a trade down in Texas if, uh, again, LaMarcus Aldridge has not panned out the way the Spurs hoped. Uh, Jonathan Simmons and, uh, and Patty Mills are up. You know, you can sign and trade one of them, apparently. So you could always, you know, try to match the salaries that way. Uh, Aldridge, you know, give them, you know, uh, well, Jonathan Simmons is a free agent. He can only get $7.7 million as his max. So, you know, he, he wouldn't be in the deal. But, again, you could give him maybe like a hanger. Uh, he, he's, he's coming to the NBA next season, I think. So, I mean, I think you can make a package for it. Uh, Spurs would be a very Spursy, likable situation. But the Clippers, I don't see that with the Clippers. He has to go to a team that he'll waive his trade clause. Not so much with the person, not not so much with the winning potential. But I think he wants his uh, a friend on the roster. I think that's going to be the whole point of that. So especially if Chris Paul goes to the Spurs, he might have you know a friend there. You got a friend in him. So so in that situation, you'd have Porzingis, Chris Paul, Carmelo, Kawhi, and Danny Green. Uh, probably not Danny Green. There was a uh, Jabbar. Was it Jabbar? He just put out a tweet saying that the Spurs uh, will entertain offers for Danny Green. You could put Danny Green in that, and then bring in Hanga, uh, and, and he could sort of replace him. I, I think the Spurs have options, but again, I, I don't. The Clippers, like how you mentioned, if Chris Paul's not there, no chance. Yeah, okay. All right. Oh, let's in the background. Well, let's let's talk about uh, the Spurs and Pau Gasol. Pau just opted out. $16 million deal, uh, says that he plans to resign with San Antonio. That's all about restructuring the deal, uh, get some other players in there, which is great, except Pau Gasol did not perform very well in the playoffs. Uh, the modern NBA, I mean, he's usable for sure, but the modern NBA just essentially threw him off completely defensively. I, I'm not so sure that the Spurs wouldn't do better with just saying thanks but no thanks. Uh, what do you guys think about Pau Gasol? That, first off, the risk that he took by or is going to take by opting out, do you think that he's back on San Antonio or do you think that there are some options out there uh, around the NBA for San Antonio? And I, and I guess we'll start with Mr. Bornstein. I would imagine there are some options, but – Having him back on a more team-friendly deal might not be the worst thing, Mm -hmm. especially if you can stretch him out over so many years and you say, listen, we're sure as hell not paying you 16.2 a mil. You'll be lucky to make 8 mil a year because, frankly, you were trash this year. Right. And you you were incredibly small in the playoffs. So As far as roll, like, nine deep anyway. I mean, there's a spot for him, but starting the playoffs for the Spurs – you know. He'll he'll play just because Dwayne Dedman is getting paid somewhere else, and David Lee could very well get paid somewhere else. So 
by virtue of numbers, he's he's going to get time. And frankly, the Spurs ain't going to bring back Joel Anthony for funsies. Right. So uh, he's going to be gone as well. You have a Davis Bertans, who I would like to see get more time personally. Um, I'd like to see him get more playing time. And if he can outplay Pau Gasol, if he can be a more athletic, quicker version of Pau Gasol, that would be lovely. He would certainly be worth his only $1.3 million that the Spurs are going to pay him next year. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is an option. If they can bring back Pau Gasol on a very team-friendly deal over whatever it is, two or three seasons, and maybe a team or player option uh, at the end, uh, that would be ideal. Uh, what would be more ideal is if they said, no, nah, we're good. Thanks, but no thanks. We're going to go out and find someone else and maybe find someone even cheaper or even bring back Dwayne Dedman or David Lee and give them a little more money than uh, than they would get. But it would still be less than what they'd have to give Pau Gasol. I'd love to see that with David Lee. Uh, Jose, what do you think, man? Do you think Pau Gasol's back with San Antonio next year? I, I think he is, and yeah. and I'm gonna go. Uh, I, obviously, I wasn't there, but I was there in spirit, or you know, because I like to think like those front office guys. I think they went up to Powell and said, "If you opt in, we're gonna trade you because we need to make cap room." So, I mean, he's likely gonna get traded to a non-contender, somebody who's probably gonna tank, uh, you know, the season. If you don't want to be in that situation, then opt out. We'll take care of you long term. We'll give you a contract, but uh, you're obviously not gonna get paid. This, what was he getting? Sixteen million. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, yeah. I, I think it was sort of like that that type of decision. You opt in, you're gone. You opt out. We, you know, we'll talk about a, a longer contract and sort of take care of you, like how the Spurs tend to do. And maybe if he's effective, you know, give him sort of like that Manu Ginobili type of right. of assurance, where you know you can overpay him for the last year if it doesn't mean anything with the cap situation. But I think that, that that's basically what it was. I would not be surprised if he got the indication or he got the feeling that if he opts in. He's gone, and he's going to be gone to a, a, a non-contender. Speaking of non-contenders, three teams, three years. This is your account, Ben. Dwight Howard is on the move yet again. Dwight Howard and the 31st pick for the Atlanta Hawks have been sent to the Charlotte Hornets for Miles Plumley, the 41st pick in the draft, and our boy and your biggest fan, Marco Bellinelli. <laughs> ben, go. Oh man, this was this made me so happy. I had such Schadenfreude from this. Oh man, I can't tell you the feelings that this gave me. I was all up in the feels because Dwight Howard is out of Atlanta. Strange way to say the man. It. The man comes home for a reunion to his hometown, signs a three-year, seventy-point-five million dollar deal. And then Atlanta Hawks promptly say, after one year, nah, we good. We sending you off for a straight salary dump. Peace out, homie. What was and that accent? I'm not quite sure. Blanche but, from the Golden Girls. Okay. Of course. Go to. Um, so they say, all right, we're done with you. We're going to get Marco Bellinelli, who's going to get paid about 6.6 this year, and then he's off our books. And we got Miles Plumley. The lesser of the Plumleys. Actually, he's the second of the Plum. He's the middle Plumley, as far as talent goes. But uh, he's getting paid. He his contract was something like three years and thirty-seven and a half mil or something, or that's how much is left on his mm-hmm. deal. So that's nothing for the Hawks. Uh, they're gonna have money to sign with. They're gonna have some money to sign Millsap back, 
and you know they could they could make some interesting moves. But Charlotte getting Dwight, it actually works out well for both teams because they have Dwight and Al Jefferson, um, who and is Frank who had, he had and Frank Kaminsky. I do love me some Frank Kaminsky, Frank the Tank, if you will. Uh, he he should be th- those three big men should be fine. And Dwight Howard was still putting up a double-double despite playing a career low in minutes per game this year. So he's still an effective player. He's just not, you know, the three, however many time defending. Eight-time All-Star, defend- three-time defensive three player of the year. Defensive player of the year, yeah. He's no longer, you know, defensive player of the year. I'm going to take my team to the finals kind of guy. But he's still a solid piece for a team, and I think it actually works out well for the Hornets. Who, by the way, Mark Spears thought was still the Bobcats, so that was phenomenal. <laughs> so, Jose, like, what kind of a pariah is Dwight Howard? Because he can't stay on a team. It's clear that you can't build around Dwight Howard. I mean, this is thirteen in three years. I mean, he's been on how many, like six teams now, five teams, right? Orlando, Orlando LA, Houston, Houston, LA Hawks, Hawks. Yeah, five and now, teams. Now, uh, Hornets. Yeah, if he yeah, was, five uh, teams. if he was you know, a Hall of Fame type player, he doesn't move that much, right, Jose? No, he has to, no. Even uh, uh, Elijah One, who was 20 times better than Tim Duncan, moved teams. So uh, <laughs> Dwight Howard should be moving teams. Here's what I think happened in Well, uh, I mean, Elijah One wanted to go to Toronto, right? He has a house there, wanted to be in he, Toronto. Very international city. He deserves that. Nobody, nobody should be wanting to go to Canada. Right. But do we have Canadian fans on this? Anyways... You know the the thing I think was was Dwight's (laughs) the the thing I think was Dwight's problem was they had Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap is not an inside player; he's a shooter. So what happens this summer? Dwight Howard says, "I'm working on my threes. Something Atlanta does not need. They need him back to to go back to Elijah one, teach him that dream shake, teach him how to post up, how to move." Uh, I don't think he was doing that, so they just said, "We can't we can't really use him." You know, so I think he goes to Charlotte. Uh, who the, you know they have Al Jefferson who can post up. Uh, they're going to have a really good uh, you know defensive unit with Dwight Howard and Jefferson, Dwight Howard and Kaminsky. Uh, you know shuffle those three around. But I, I think that's what it ultimately came down to: the fact that he needs to be an inside presence. He doesn't want to be an inside presence. You know, in Charlotte, if he can hit that three, I mean, it's going to be easier for everybody else. I doubt it. Dude, he's First not he hitting the three. Oh, the man three. can't even hit free throws. Yeah. But you know, you know, we sure joke about that. But the great Bruce Bowen was a better three-point shooter than he was a free throw uh, free throw shooter. So maybe he maybe he can get a corner three. Who knows? So, guys, we're going to close on this. I just I, I want to understand the, the draft tomorrow. We'll do a draft show, you know, post-draft. But the draft tomorrow, we had a little bit of movement at the, at the front end of it. Of course, we had a trade for the number one pick in the draft. Uh, guys, who, who are the top three picks and, and where they're going? And I'll start with Ben because it's a, it's a heavy East-driven top of the draft. Uh, first pick is Markel Fultz. Second pick is Lonzo Ball. And the third pick is either Josh Jackson or Jason Tatum. I'm leaning towards Tatum because the Celtics never got Josh Jackson in for a workout. Right. So I'm, I believe it's going to be Tatum, uh, J- Jason Tatum from Duke. Okay. So that's my top three. Uh, I agree with Ben on, on those things, but I, I think uh, Jackson should go three. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I, this is what I don't get. If I was the, the Celtics, I would have just gotten ball. I would have kept that number one pick. I would have gotten ball or 
fault. I, you know, Isaiah Thomas is not a guy you should be depending on. I love IT, but he's not a guy can play off time that can defend that position, that can score, on, uh, you know, when the game slows down. I would have gone that route, but I agree with Ben, it, it, you know, everything. Uh, the one thing I'll say about IT, I think the Celtics are getting their assets together to make a run at Paul George or they're going to try and sign Gordon Hayward or Blake Griffin this offseason, and they believe that will get them over the hump. That's that's why I would say that that would be uh, my logic for why they traded away the number one pick and essentially Markel Fultz. Yeah, I, I agree with you in that regard. Um, I, I think that, that your top three are just fine. I still think Josh Jackson probably is the number three pick overall, just irregardless. I mean, the talent is, is there obviously i mean when you're when you're doing with like a top four or five draft picks i mean it's hard to do wrong as long as they fit within your system i i, well, I think I, jo- I i i think josh jackson's gonna end up going four to the suns for what that's worth because frankly the suns just can't take another guard right i think that um that you're right with with boston i and i don't think that you can, can you can build around isaiah thomas i mean he's so small it just doesn't work Right, it just doesn't work. It works in flashes, but you get figured out. And he's not that explosive. He's not that crafty, um, and he's so small that he's going to get beat up. I don't think you could depend on on Isaiah Thomas. So I'm with you. I, I would love to see that get packaged up and shipped uh, away. And I, not that I'm a fan of Boston. I guess I'd say I, I don't. I guess I shouldn't say I'd love to see because I actually really don't care. But I, it, it could be logical. So you you guys all think that. Uh, Lonzo Ball makes it to the L.A. Lakers. It, it would seem like there's space now that D'Angelo Russell's gone. That That's exactly what I was going to say. They they got rid of really only the one impediment that would have kept them from drafting Ball, and they got a big – they got a really good big man, and they know they have him on one-year rental, but they're fine because they don't need to win this year. They say, if we happen to do well, that's great. If not, then – you know, Brooke Lopez is off our books the next year, and that's when we make our PG run. That's it. Well, I mean, and, I mean, just think of it. Brooke Lopez is enough to lure people as well. I mean, if you're already geared that way towards, like, saying you're Paul George, and you're like, man, I want to go to L.A., or you're LeBron and Paul George, and say, you know, let's just go to L.A. The only stud that they've got, you know, proven stud, is Brooke Lopez. And you could do a lot worse than Brooke Lopez as your center. I mean, you could do... A hundred times worse than Brooke Lopez. Well, that's that's true, but Brooke Lopez is an unrestricted free agent next summer, so they don't even know if they're going to have him back. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, they, yeah, but they I'm have to lose if, if they get they, if they get if Brooke Lopez is there, and then Paul George and LeBron are talking about coming there. Brooke Lopez is staying there. Well, yeah, I mean, if you can convince Brooke Lopez to come back and take a lot less money, then yeah, you're a winner. Yeah. I agree. I'm with you there. I'm I'm about that life. All right, well, uh, that's it for this episode of the Spurs Cast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Spurs Cast. Catch up with Jose at JRG1023. Me, I'm at RyanMC underscore P. <laughs> BS. Ryan, under, uh, RyanMC underscore PS. Uh, ben is at uh, the underscore Boomstein. Uh, follow us or any of the Project Spurs folks at Project Spurs. Go to ProjectSpurs.com. Read all about the draft. Jose, Ben, thank you. And to you listeners, you are welcome. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.